Join us in this transformative episode as we sit down with my sister and dedicated listener-turned-guest who has embarked on an incredible journey of self-discovery. Tune in as our guest shares her inspiring experiences and how she applied fulfillment therapy concepts to navigate her recent challenges with newfound clarity and emotional healing. From relationships to healing old wounds, her personal insights will leave you inspired and motivated to embrace these transformative insights in your own life. Get ready to dive into an open, raw conversation with real-life examples of resilience, growth, and the remarkable power of applying wisdom. Whether you're a longtime listener or a newcomer, you don't want to miss this episode that reminds us all of the extraordinary potential for positive transformation within each of us. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome to episode 41, part two, Life Lessons Unleashed, a listener's path to transformation. Today, we're continuing our conversation with my special guest, dedicated listener, and my wonderful sister. I'm excited to continue this into my first part two episode and have you learn from Abby's wisdom as she shares more of her story. Let's jump in. So you asked, how do you identify the victim and the abuser? How do you trust your reality and get space from it and don't assume all responsibility? Do you want to say anything more to that, Uh, to those questions? I've educated myself a lot on abuse and the different types of abuse. And one of the books I read, it was called, Why Why Does He Do That? I don't know. I have to look it up. Maybe I could be saying that wrong. Anyway, it was a very long, thick book about angry and abusive men. And he, he goes over all the different types of, of abuse. And I realized as I was educating myself on it, I was like, there are some things that I am guilty of that I should be aware of that are, that could fall into emotional or mental abuse. And so I, I want to be aware of those things. Um, but also, I don't want to talk myself into believing that I am the abuser sometimes if I'm not. Yeah. Or, I mean, because you can't argue with someone's reality, right? And how do you know, like, especially in a romantic relationship, if it's an abusive relationship, especially if it's emotional or mental, obviously physical, that's easy to know who the abuser is and who yeah. the victim is. But when it comes to emotional and mental, how do you 
if the other person is saying, no, you're the abuser, how do you know? Like, or this is a question that I've really wanted to understand or see if you had advice on. Um, for myself, I, I found that I had to look at outside evidence of separate from the relationship. And I found myself trying to remove emotions and just look at evidence so I could simplify it and understand it. That's how I chose to approach that. But I was just curious if you had advice that you gave clients or couples um, in ways to identify that. And I think I also accept that there are times that we are the victim and times that we are the abuser. And I, I guess it just gets really complex when you start to go into trusting your reality. Absolutely. So again, this could be a big one, even just with grief and all that. This could go a lot of different ways, but just a couple of thoughts that I want to share, if I can gather them. First of all, I kind of want to take it back to what you said before, near the beginning, you talked about blame. And there's two sides. I'll talk about blame, but the first, what I want to say before that is just validating what you're saying, because it is a very subtle, confusing thing. There's this word, gaslighting. So a lot of the times when my clients say like, I don't, I'm so confused. I feel like I'm not really sure what's real. Like, I don't know. And sometimes that can signify gaslighting, but that is quite the buzzword. And a lot of people will be like, I'm being gaslighted, blah, blah, blah. So I hesitate bringing that up. It can be something like that. Ultimately, I think it just, you touched on this too, recognizing that we all have our reality and it doesn't matter. Again, back to the blame part. It doesn't exactly matter unless it's in the case of sexual or physical abuse, really who the abuser is as much as healing is like the focus. Yeah. And I recognize when you're talking about reality, it can sometimes be hard to heal if it's too confusing, too subtle, too elusive. So the fact that you're reading these different books, trying to get educated, trying to understand and simultaneously trying to take ownership of your side of the street. I think maybe that's where some of the confusion lies. Like what's mine, what's yours, and who's the bad guy? And I can only speak for myself here. I don't know where you're at, but I think sometimes, and especially with my clients, especially my counseling clients, sometimes that question doesn't matter so much as they start healing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, through my process of like leaving the church and trying to think about like what I believe and really that there's been a lot of, a lot of deep thought and it's just a matter of what side of the street you're standing on. Um, and in a relationship, it just matters the, the perspective. Like if I'm sure to, him, I, I was the bad guy. And there are times to me that he was the bad guy. And so I don't want to <laughs> dive into all those thoughts too, but that I think all I'm saying is that, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because it does only matter what it, what our personal experience was with it mm. and trying to recognize where we ourselves are. Maybe it's just that we as a couple don't work so this next part goes a little bit with what you we were just talking about, and I don't mean to like sidestep this. Hopefully, this will just uh, connect. But you, 
you talked about feeling untethered and then you talked about the things that make your soul sing as we finish up our conversation. Can you speak to those things? Yeah. So I'm trying, as I'm trying to sit with being alone, uh, I really want to focus on kind of dating myself and learning like, who is Abby? What do I love? What makes me feel alive? What brings me joy? Um, one question you asked in one of your podcasts was like, when's the last time you lost track of time? And that's something I've thought about a lot. And for me, music, I used to sing. I never sing anymore. Uh, I don't like to do it for other people, but it is a deep part of me. And so it literally singing literally makes my soul sing. Yeah. So I want to reconnect with that. And I want to reconnect with these parts of like that childlike play and that joy. And I think that's part of rediscovering who I am, who I was, who I'm becoming and bringing all of that together. I notice I'm really going into things with trying to force fear out. And this may be a really silly example, but I went with my daughter. Uh, I was a chaperone for her wind ensemble trip and we went to lagoon and it was this big amusement park and i went into it and i was like i'm gonna do every roller coaster i don't care how afraid like i typically there are certain movements that will make me feel really sick and i i decided i wasn't gonna think about any of that i was just gonna do every single one nice and i did it and i had so much fun and that was kind of step one for me and then pretty recently we went to fish ladder yeah and watching you boogie board and watching everyone else it like to me so long have i sat back and watched other people have fun and thought like i could feel this like pull of like i want to do it but i can't yeah and so i went back the next day i bought boogie boards i forced myself to do it and i had so much fun and that is the most like happy and free i've felt in years oh i love that and I, I just want to go into things without fear. So another thing yeah. for me was dance and I'm committing to starting to go to a dance class every, every week, once a week. And I'm going to start up voice lessons and I'm going to do these things that are, I know are a big part of me. And I, I truly believe that the more in tune I become with myself and the happier I am, the rest, everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah. So I want to be hyper vigilant about dating myself, getting to know myself, self-soothing, um, all, all of the things, but oh, I just, I, I just really want to reconnect with the things that make me feel alive again, that are yeah. a, a deep part of my soul. Every time I hear people talk about that stuff, I get really dorky and so excited. I've actually never heard that term before. I don't know if you just talked about it or if it's been around for a while, but dating yourself. I love that concept in a non-weird way, like just having a good time with yourself and getting to know yourself again and really um, engaging in those things that bring you joy and make your soul sing. And I'm so glad that you're doing them. And when she talks about fish ladders, she, uh, there's like this, a wave, I don't know what, like yeah, rapids. Yeah, it's kind of like a little, like a surf wave, like a man yeah. surf wave, I guess. So you jump in and as Abby can attest, I don't think I'm like, can I say ballsy? I can, I can probably say ballsy on here. Yeah, I, I <laughs> uh, and, 
anyway so it's really fun to like jump in and just do it and just let go but hesitantly like jumping in so just knowing that uh, we're doing these things like leaning into something that is like a little bit I don't know if scary is the word but like like am I going to get this and everything you're doing with voice lessons like going in front of somebody else that you're you don't really know getting back in that space that has been you've been very afraid of in the past and what was the third one you talked about dance dance oh she's such a good dancer she did show choir and it was that was one of my favorite memories is watching you perform up on stage as you're getting older in high school and just so confident singing and dancing in your element obviously your soul was singing and just being able to witness that i loved it I would love to see you doing something like that again. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities or just even the people that I'll meet and just surrounding myself with people that we have common interests, common, like a love for something that, yeah. and just I'm excited about even just the people I'm, I'm going to be exposed to and the people I'm going to meet and doing something I love. Yeah. There's one other thing I wanted to speak to. I've been working with uh, several clients lately on parts work. Have I talked about that on the podcast yet? Parts work? Mm -hmm. Uh Okay. Well, not that I know if you have, I've missed it. Uh, So there's a type of trauma work. I don't even know if you could call it trauma work, but yeah, Um, different parts of yourself. So for example, let's, do you mind if I use you for an example on this? Not at all. Okay. So if there's this part of you, this fear part, let's, for sake of the story, let's call this person Violet. So say Violet is the part of you that's very afraid. She's scared all the time. She retreats back. And there's, with some of my clients, like there's actual parts therapy that we could go into. But if we're just talking about basic mindfulness, basic visualization exercises, I found uh, that my clients have a lot of healing when they just simply, we like turn on some meditative music and I just ask them some questions or have them visualize something that comes to mind. So in this case, it might be like, okay, I want you to visualize Violet, that part of you that is very afraid. And instead of judging her, just notice what you see. What does she look like? What age is she? What is she wearing? And so we explore that for a while. And then I say things like, when's the first time that Violet felt afraid? And we explore that a little bit. And anyway, the point of all this is just towards the end of it, it's like, you instead of feeling this judgment it's just this curiosity and this compassion and this empathy for this part and exploring what comes up as you respond to this part of you so often in this case clients will embrace that part of themselves or they will have a nurturing figure come forward if they can't be nurturing or these different figures like maybe a protective figure or a wise figure something like that Mm -hmm. and they find that as they have just more love and tenderness and self-compassion, that part of them doesn't have to be stifled, but can be appreciated and honored. And like I talked about, a witness for honoring a space for that part of them. And in doing so, the energy in that part of them naturally leaves and it releases and they are able to i know energy can also be a buzzword but just that that triggering kind of response when you think about fear yeah recognizing that probably you well i know you so i know your history 
but your childhood, you had some very, very traumatic things. It makes sense that there was a lot of fear stored in your body. So almost like having tenderness and compassion for that part of you and working through it in that way. And I know I'm going like on a major side tangent here, but just speaking to it for any other guests out there that if they also have some of that fear side, when we do work like that, a lot of times that helps with a lot of anxiousness too. Yeah. I, that whole time when you were describing all of that, I kept thinking about the, how similar it is to like caring for your inner child. Yeah. Um, soothing, accepting, talking with your inner child. And I've, I've done some work around that Mm -hmm. and just, I guess, acknowledging the presence of, because a lot of our, a lot of people's wounds come from some point within their childhood. Yeah. I would assume that. We would like to say it doesn't. And there's a lot of theories that try to dismiss it, but in my experience with all my clients, yes, most of it, a lot of it is historical. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess I can only speak to myself, but I know for sure that a lot of mine started at a very young age and kind of going, uh, just acknowledging the presence of that wounded inner child and talking with her, um, accepting her and validating her. Yeah. And it does, it does make a a really big difference. I did a, a short little EMDR treatment with my counselor and we kind of started with, it was kind of similar to mm-hmm. that. I'm sure some of the verbiage was a little different, but the very first thing that came up for me was fear, but it was this very vivid memory of my two-year-old self searching faces for my mother and feeling an intense fear and confusion of not, and even just looking for a familiar face, looking for my siblings, or, but mostly just frantically searching for my mother. And for me, that's where a lot of my stuff starts. So, and if you really deep dive into a lot of my stuff, you can almost bring everything back to that. So that's the work that you're doing then, or part of the work. It sounds like, honestly, going through this list of everything that we just talked about, a lot of changes, a lot of processing, a lot of changing narratives and letting go and honoring yourself, having self-compassion. We've kind of hit a lot of things. Yeah. Well, maybe I should say you've hit a lot of things. (laughs) Well, you've encouraged me to hear that, I think. <laughs> I'm glad. I, this is, I don't want to open up another thing, but just like ending. I have been curious. Um, I, actually, I think I've spoke to it on the podcast as well. I've really had to be vulnerable in a way that I didn't even know that I was vulnerable in launching this podcast and putting myself out there to scrutiny, but the specifically around maybe family members. And you have been very supportive so supportive that um, it has just made a massive difference to me and just a lot of gratitude and love there. And I'm curious, how has it been for you to listen to this podcast, especially because you mentioned you left the church? Like, does it still resonate with you or is there any part of that that's hard sometimes? There's not been a single point at which I have felt offended or bothered by anything that you have shared. And actually, I think 
even though we haven't been able to connect more physically, like see each other anymore or than we have before or talk on the phone more, like none of that has changed yet. I feel by making it a priority to listen to every episode that I feel that I've been able to get closer to you. So I feel more of a bond with you, even though physically nothing has, has yeah. changed. Uh, I think that is, it's helped me put aside some of our differences because we are very different. Yeah. And just be more focused on like all these like positive things that you're doing, all the things about you that I really admire. And I really want to be a cheerleader for you because I do believe in everything that you're doing. This is something that we do have a common interest in and that I feel like you've had a, a lot of very valuable information to share with me. And I, and I trust your intelligence. And when it comes to like the religious side of things, I feel that I, I respect you enough that it doesn't make me feel threatened by anything that may be different from what I believe or I still have a lot of respect for the religion, for the people within the religion. My kids are still active in the church. And because I still remember, I mean, I was in it for my entire life. I I can still identify like the stuff that you're saying. And I naturally kind of just change if there's anything that doesn't necessarily ring true for me my mind naturally shifts it to like, if you're referring to God or I don't know, specifics, my mind naturally changes it to my higher self. Like I feel for me where I'm at in my life right now, I feel that I'm answering to the highest version of myself. I've never been offended in the slightest. I feel like I can honor your experience and your beliefs and I feel like you still have a lot of very valuable things to share with me. And I think it just applies to everyone, whether they're religious or not. So I think you do a good job of broadening it, but still being true to what you believe. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that was kind of um, off topic slightly, but I was kind of curious how you've I didn't know initially if it was just because you were so sweet and supportive or what it was, but I, um, it made, it, it really made a difference. I don't, that's not the right word. It really touched me quite a bit and I hope it was beneficial for you too, but I was kind of curious about that, if that was anything that was a challenge for any, any episode. So thanks for speaking to that a little bit yeah. and all of these things, the insights that you're gaining and the growth that you've noticed. I, I've mentioned this many times, but that is what makes it all worthwhile when I hear about how people are, whether it's applying things that I teach or anything in the self-development realm or anything they're doing to find greater fulfillment. I love hearing about what you're doing and what is ahead and especially how you, you've changed your narrative and how you are getting excited about the future. That makes me so happy, mostly because I love you. You're my sister, of course, but seeing it in action and you doing things that you have to be so, you're being so courageous right now. Thank you for sharing part of your story because I'm sure others are 
pretty conflicted about how they can find the courage to do that right now. Is there any last thoughts that you want to share about other people that might be in a similar boat or not quite able to lean in yet or feel a little stuck that you want to end with? The biggest thing I'd want to stress is surrounding yourself with positive, inspiring, and supportive people and then also trying to be that for other people. And for me, like I already talked about, avoiding the, the state of overwhelm at any point. If, you're, if you have a goal or something that you're really trying to work towards, at any point, if you start to feel overwhelmed, back off a little bit and then and just say, like, I can do one thing today. I can fill that bird feeder. <laughs> I love it. Yes, like listening to your body and being more intuitive and mindful and aware with those Yes, you're still progressing the bird feeder. You're doing something and it doesn't have to be comparing it to somebody else's thing. It can be a tiny 1% micro adjustment. Yes, I think that's, I forgot about when you talked about that too, because that's impactful for me too. Just like very small, small little shifts and just at least working towards the person that you hope to become. even if it's in a very small way and that timing looks different for everyone. I have been trying to get to this point for a really long time and I'm still terrified I'm going to fail. I'm still terrified that in a week from now, I might be right back in that relationship and right back in the same cycle that I'm trying to break. I hope that that's not true, but everyone just, you have to kind of be ready. You have to, and until you are ready, and don't let anyone tell you when you should be or just keep having compassion for yourself. And even if it's a tiny thing that you've changed, at least you're still headed in the direction that you're aiming for. Absolutely. I love that. Let's end with that. So those tiny, tiny changes in the direction that you want to go. So thank you so much for coming on and being a guest today. I know we talked about a lot of things and if you're okay with it, maybe having you back to talk about even your faith journey and how you navigated that. My hope there is to help other listeners that um, have had people maybe leave the church, have more compassion, and also maybe help us know how to better respond to that. Is that something you'd be open to? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. And then also talking about struggles that you've had in your relationships and just, again, both sides of the street so that we can... Do I jump into it? I don't really want to jump into it right now, but it's your call. It's your call. So, my sister had a divorce. Uh, How long ago was that? So, separated like I think about six years ago. I was trying to think of this this morning. Honestly, it's one of those mental blocks. Like Mm. the timing is so hard for me to grab onto because it was so traumatic. Yeah. So I think we got separated. I think we separated about six years ago. Yeah. Okay. So speaking to that and how, for the sake of time, I won't go into it now, but what went wrong, how it went wrong, and not so much that, that about like the issues with that, but more, it was it was an affair and talking about that, but more than that is, I guess it kind of goes back again to that black and white thinking, that all or nothing thinking, what you learn from that. And truly the reason I want you on too is what I learned from that watching you. So much more compassion than I embarrassingly again we didn't know what we didn't know right it's so easy to sometimes see I guess we talked about this too the bad guy and watching you go through all of that has massively humbled me 
I don't even know how to finish that sentence. Just um, the pain that you went through. And I wish I would have known what I know now so that I could have comforted you and loved you and been there for you in a more effective way. I would never want to relive everything, but I am a much more compassionate person now than I was six years ago. I have so much more compassion for just people in, in general. And I have a very different understanding of things that I six years ago would have harshly judged. So I'm there with you. So I don't, don't be hard on yourself because it took me going through it to get to that same place. And I suspect if, if we are having this response, we're not alone. And there's a lot of people that either would benefit from hearing about that or really want somebody to speak about it. So good. That's a yes. You'll come back. Wonderful. Okay. We'll have her back for at least two episodes in the future. So stay tuned for that. But thank you again, Abby, and we will have you back here soon. Thanks for tuning in to episode 41 today. I hope you enjoyed Abby as much as I did. She is very insightful and wise beyond her years, and I really appreciate her willingness to come and be with us. And as a quick reminder, sign up for our free 45-day wellness challenge starting the day after Labor Day on September 5th to October 19th. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram for those under Fulfillment Therapy, and this is just a free service to help you supercharge your life right after the craziness of summer, purely for your benefit, no strings attached. Just come and grow and be supported in that community. Go to fulfillmenttherapy.org to sign up for the Costa Rican Women's and Men's Retreat that will take place in June 2024, so that's June 16th through the 22nd. There are only a few spots total for each, and they are filling up quickly. My husband will be running the men's one, and I will be running the women's one at a nearby property at the same time. And there's going to be amazing excursions and incredible things. You can check it out in the show notes, a quick video in all that it contains. But that is lodging, food, excursions, entertainment, psychoeducation, wellness resources, training, restoration, and an unforgettable experience that will launch you towards becoming your best and most fulfilled self. You are not going to want to miss it. So grab one of the few spots in this exotic getaway. I'll see you back here soon for part two. Take care and have an incredible week. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.